think when you see that you've got a knack for something, then just keep doing it. If you keep comparing yourself to your last video, you're going to feel crap about yourself. Your views or your likes is not a reflection of you as a person. It's okay to reach out for help and just things like counselling really helps. Welcome to the Boss Bay Podcast, the place where we share with you the real behind the scenes of building a successful business, achieving peak performance, and learning how to balance it all. It's Danielle Canty here, co-founder and COO of Boss Babe, and your host for this podcast episode, where we are chatting YouTube. Now, I'll be honest with you, it is not a topic before this conversation I knew an awful lot about, and it's a topic we haven't actually covered on the Boss Babe podcast before, and so that's why we invited on to hugely inspiring 18 old YouTubers Olivia Grace Herring and Evie Clark to lift the lid on all things video creation including what cameras to use, what content to create and even a quick conversation around TikTok and apparently why it's the new trend. So before we dive in I do want to tell you a little bit more about them though because these women are a truly inspirational and not only was I impressed by their knowledge but also their maturity too and they were just a real pleasure to get to know. So both of them actually started their YouTube careers as minors and before you think just because you're over 18 does not mean you're too old to start your video creation career but I was seriously impressed that even so young they were really dedicated and really determined and you will hear how Olivia and Evie like they both started creating captivating content from a young age but they were willing to try new things and find out what worked for them and their audience and you hear that through this whole interview not only do they share on how they did that but they also kind of lift the lid on the fact that it doesn't have to be complicated it doesn't have to be shot with the most expensive camera or even be perfectly edited but the key thing is that you start well there's two things that we say you know done is better than perfect and also that word that we use so much when we're talking about social media is consistent consistency they were consistent and that's what really you're hearing the interview will really helped elevate them now I want to share a little bit more about Olivia because she actually started creating lookbooks that she shot and edited and really worked on that to capture the attention of her audience but as well as capturing her audience she actually also ended up working with some of her dream fashion brands such as Nike and I saw it first and went on to become a presenter for the Disney Channel YouTube and Evie well she started out by creating a wide variety of like comedy skits and challenges to fashion overhauls and beauty regimes and she has actually interviewed some of the Hollywood A-listers including Lily James. So the quote I'm actually choosing for this episode is one from myself that we've recently featured in our new 90-day planner and it's this. Your biggest hurdle is your fear and your biggest competition is yourself and it's a quote I'm sure a lot of you are going to relate to and it kind of stays true all the way through this podcast episode so if you do love this episode please shout on Instagram by tagging at bossbabe.inc tagging myself at Danielle Canty Evie can be found at love Evie which is l-o-v-e-v-i-e and Olivia can be found at Olivia Grace Herring I am so excited because this episode is sponsored by our Boss Babe 90-Day Planner, our first official physical product here at Boss Babe. Now, our 90-Day Planner is the daily resource for ambitious women. We know you've got massive goals just like us, and so what we wanted to do is create a resource to help you achieve all of them. Now, our planner starts by helping you create your 90-day sprint, and then it walks you through breaking that down into a step-by-step roadmap so you'll be able to wake up every single day knowing what to do. 
Now, the reason that and I are so confident in this planner is because we have been designing and developing this for the last year to ensure it's absolutely perfect. We've tested our team, our clients, and everyone is raving about it, about how easy it is to use, how effective it is, and how it's making them more productive, and they're actually achieving more things. It takes into account not only your personal goals, but your professional goals too. And every single day, of course, there is a motivational quote to inspire you. Not only is the planner an amazing resource, but it's super cute. It's light, it's beautiful, and it's going to fit in your handbag. We made sure we were designing something that was not only beautiful, but functional too. So it's ring bound with a hard cover to ensure that wherever you are, it's super easy to write in. Now, it really is the perfect gift to yourself, but it's also, with the holidays coming up, the perfect gift for your ambitious boss babe friends too. How nice is it to send a planner to a friend, writing a little message inside, telling her that you believe in her and her dreams? I mean, that's what being a boss babe is all about for us, supporting each other, collaboration over competition, and this planner is the perfect way to do so. But we only have a small amount. So go to bossbabe.com forward slash goals to get yours now. A boss babe is unapologetically ambitious and paves the way for herself and other women to rise, keep going and fighting on. She is on a mission to be her best self in all areas. It's just believing in yourself. Confidently stepping outside her comfort zone to create her own vision of success. Welcome to the Boss Bay Podcast, Olivia and Evie. I am so excited to interview both. You're our first YouTube stars. Thank you for having us. I love it. So you are both started your careers so early because you're both only 18. So just tell us a little bit more about, maybe let's start with you, Olivia. Like how did you first get into creating your episodes on YouTube? I've watched YouTube for as long as I can remember, honestly, and I was wanting to start a YouTube, but obviously the guidelines are like, you have to be 13, and I, I mean, like, I stick to the rules majorly, so I waited literally until my birthday, and I was like, okay, I'm going to start, because I just wanted to make friends. I saw loads of people that I'm now friends with at this point, and I saw them all making friends, uploading, and I was like, I want to be involved in that. And I knew if I waited a few years, it'd be too late, and I'd have regretted it because everyone would kind of be in their friendship groups, and I was just like, I just got to go for it. And yeah, I agree definitely with the making friends aspect. But for me, I sort of got into YouTube because even before YouTube, I don't know if you guys remember like video star oh yeah I was always so creative I loved making short videos and stuff and I thought if I can put this out to an audience yeah why not try and do that it's just like a fun extra hobby yeah it was definitely just a hobby back then I mean it still is now but we have the perk of it sort of being our job which yeah. is great I love that. And that actually really intrigues me because I never would have thought about starting YouTube like as more of like a community side and both of you have been drawn into that kind of like, oh, making friendships and et cetera. And do you see it as a way to allow to express yourselves? The content that you both create, like how did you decide what you first wanted to start sharing on YouTube? How did you even decide on that? I think 100% it helped us to express ourselves because through doing YouTube and Instagram, we've really developed our own style, especially within fashion. Yeah. We didn't really start off doing fashion. We started off doing the classic expectation versus reality, like yeah. all of these kind of younger videos. And then I guess as you get older and your audience gets older too, you kind of find different styles of videos that are more suited to you. And we definitely found that like, we express ourselves through our clothes and our fashion. And we found that through 
our YouTube and our YouTube journey. Like you can go back a couple of years <laughs> and see our hauls and honestly, you'll cry laughing at the stuff that we would buy. Yeah. So that's one of the ways that I think we've developed through our YouTube and our Instagram. And like, that's one Definitely. of the ways we express ourselves. Mm, I love that. So I just want to take you back to the beginning. And obviously, Olivia, you were like desperate to start your YouTube account. But for so many people, it's kind of intimidating to start putting videos out there or even talking on social media. Now, did that like obviously that came quite naturally for you? Would you say that you're an extrovert, both of you? Or like what is it in your personalities that kind of really attracted you to YouTube? And do you have any advice for people who are kind of feeling a little bit more shy about utilizing it? In real life, I would say like I'm an extrovert. I'm quite confident. I could probably talk to a wall, to be honest. If it, <laughs> even if it didn't, I mean, it doesn't reply, but I would talk to a wall, to be honest. But it didn't come across in my videos. I was super like monotone, super shy, didn't really like, you didn't see my personality for probably a good year. So honestly, I don't know how people watched me because I was so boring. It's a whole different thing going from obviously conversations with people and then you're just talking to a camera. It's definitely getting you to that yeah it's a weird transition of especially at the beginning because you're building your audience and sort of people at school are making fun oh, of you so you yeah. feel embarrassed you don't want to be too expressive and too like yeah that's out true because for me when I first started my videos I remember someone coming up to me in school and like making fun of me and I was like oh my gosh I'm so like embarrassed I'm gonna try and stay like as normal as I can in my videos yeah you almost like tone, yeah tone it down so people don't yeah. have something to laugh about in the videos because mm-hmm. obviously when you film you're more expressionate is that the word? I don't think that's Expressive. the right word. But like in videos, you've kind of got more energy and I toned that down because I knew people, honestly, the amount of teasing that we got for doing yeah. YouTube, I know both <laughs> of us had this, a similar experience. But then I think to give advice, I would say from the get-go, be yourself. A hundred percent. Because if you're yourself and someone's making fun of you, it's, why it's would it matter? You. Because it's yeah. you. But because we were not confident in on that. this like, not shy persona because we were shy, but like because we were putting on this persona that wasn't us, it was affecting me more anyway when people were making fun of me. Yeah. Because I was like, oh. But it's not even my personality. Yeah, that I don't know if that makes of. sense, but that's what I'm trying to get So at. like, I would recommend if you're, would you say you're an extrovert or an introvert, Evie? I would say in some situations, I'm mainly an introvert, mm. but I can be confident in some scenarios. But overall, I wouldn't go out of my way to talk to someone like you would. But as soon as that's just when you're with people up. that you know, you're like confident. the same as me. Yeah, but, but it takes you're me just a while to warm up to someone. Yeah, whereas I just go all in with random people honestly <laughs> but you can be shy too yeah which is there's a bit yeah I feel like we're the same in different ways that doesn't even make sense <laughs> <laughs> actually I feel like it really doesn't I really relate to being like an ambivert so if you kind of like test me yes yeah, so it's almost like bang in the middle so I'm only like 59% extrovert and the rest right. of an introvert so I'm really borderline and for me showing up on podcasts or showing up on social media is actually quite uncomfortable but the why for me is so more important because I know that I'm not necessarily always showing up for me I'm showing up for the people who are following me or the people who are following yeah. the podcast or the people who want to learn from the podcast and yeah I think that's quite interesting you guys decided to do something and it might have been uncomfortable at times and you both sound like you and we'll touch on this a little bit later but you've really pushed out mental health barriers like whether it's being bullied or whatever but you have pushed through it and what do you think has really kept you going through the harder times so like when people were bullying etc or when people were kind of passing judgment on what you were posting or sharing like 
what made it worthwhile to keep carrying on for you? Like, was there an inner like, oh, I have this inner ambition to do X, Y, and Z? Or, you know, what did that look like? I think for me, definitely, it was what you were saying about the inner voice, because I really enjoyed it. And I could, like, I was seeing it going somewhere because I was getting such positive feedback. And like, when I hit 100 subscribers, remember, that was must have been ages ago. Now. <laughs> but I was like, Oh, my gosh, like, people are enjoying this. I'm putting a smile on people's faces. So that really inspired me, along with my friends that I've made, well, from school, and then people that I've met through YouTube that were yeah. doing the same thing. I mean, we met must have been four years ago now. Yeah, I mean, we made YouTube. friends through YouTube. Floral Flutter was yeah, Lily's old username. And yours was Floral. You used to have a that Joy was, channel. Yeah, but that wasn't... Mine was yeah. always called Love Evie. No, I agree, because I think when you love something, if you have a hobby and everyone's like, that's kind of weird, like, you're kind of weird making fun of you. But if you love it, you're not going to not do it. Obviously, it's, it makes it more challenging and you're, like, battle about it, but it didn't take away the love for YouTube for us. And I think for me, it was, I love talking and interacting with people. And it was kind of like an outlet to just be like, this is me. If you like me, you can watch me and then, you know, make friends. And I, both of us, kind of our channels were growing and we were like, actually, this is kind of cool. So I don't really care what you people say, you know, especially when they're not your friends or anything. They're people you've never talked to before. Why are you going to take their opinion on when actually Mm -hmm. you're happy with what you're doing especially when it's people at school making fun of you and teasing you after you get out of school you're never going to see them again so if you let those comments affect you and stopped you like if we had stopped doing our channels because of that negative feedback imagine we wouldn't be where we we wouldn't even know each other no this freaks me out so much (laughs) I say this like every week I am so glad we talked on you know kick messenger like Mm -hmm. If we didn't talk that one time, then, I mean, we probably wouldn't be right here. I think we would have been brought together somehow. Yeah. That's what I like to think. Yeah, I think so too. Life has a way. (laughs) It would have happened either way. Yeah. Okay, so we love to make sure that our podcasts are really actionable for listeners. And I know that so many of our listeners will be kind of like, okay, we're building on Instagram, we're building on Facebook, etc. But we've not really like delved into YouTube. So yeah, I just want to take you back to the beginning and saying like, okay, if people are listening, and they're like, okay, I really want to explore YouTube, how do they get started? Like, how do you guys navigate what equipment to buy and like what you first bought versus like what you've progressed to and how you've kind of found your style? Let's start on like the practical side of things around going hey like I didn't invest a lot of money or I did invest a lot of money and I went from there I mean when I first started filming my videos I filmed on my iPad and then I filmed on my phone and I know a lot of my friends now that are doing great on YouTube they all started the same because not everyone just has like 300 pound lying around to just buy a camera when you decide you don't even know if you all want to carry on YouTube for a long time and obviously cameras are a big investment so I interrupt you our friend Yaz uses her phone now and she's doing incredible yeah she uses her phone a lot to be fair it's one of those things that for a long time I used my phone and then I saved up money from my videos for a very long time (laughs) and I think I got money for a birthday present or something and I bought a camera because I know Evie and I are both really interested in photography so it was kind of like a two-in-one I was doing GCSE photography in I think year 10 I kind of needed a camera for that and then I was like I can use it for my YouTube too so yeah but you definitely don't need to just go and buy a crazy expensive camera to start with because people I think the main thing about YouTube is is creating your own identity that people will fall in love with and getting to know you on a deeper level. Yeah. Especially, like, you don't need a camera to create 
a connection with your audience. Yeah. So you could do like a 20 minute video sitting down talking about an experience that you had that people can relate to and it wouldn't make a difference if it was on. Well, for me, I wouldn't mind watching a video on an iPhone. Yeah, no, because it's for the personality and it's for the story or the video content. Yeah. Especially being yourself, like people won't fall in love with you for your camera quality. They'll like you for your personality and for the content that you have to offer. So like the main thing is just being yourself. And if you decide, look, this YouTube thing is going somewhere, I'm really enjoying it. I feel like I want to invest in myself almost and in the channel, then you can buy a camera. Yeah. But I wouldn't just be crazy and just buy a camera for your first video. Yeah, I think definitely start off with whatever you have available. Yeah, because it's not necessary. Yeah, and I think lots of people can get really hung up on like it being perfect and then yeah. you know, delay actually starting because they don't have the right resources, so then they don't put anything out. So I think that's really sound advice, girls. And a couple of things I really want to just touch on that you were saying there is you both shared about being yourselves on there, showing up as yourselves and kind of, you know, we talk about the word authentic a lot, not necessarily putting on a facade, but just showing up as genuinely the person you are. What does that mean to you both? Like we're all ourselves in the background, but what does it mean to like show up as yourself on camera? As in like, are there things that you're willing to share? Are there things that you're not willing to share? Are there topics that you particularly like talking about? How do you really let the elements of your personality shine through? I definitely have a barrier of stuff that I don't share online because I think it is it would be unhealthy to share everything like I keep my family life very private I mean my sisters I don't keep private but like the rest of my family life I wouldn't get involved on my YouTube but then again I do talk about mental health and past experiences I've had a lot and I find that really helped to build a connection with my viewers because no one is alone everyone's been through the same thing as somebody else and you can relate to them if you talk more like lightheartedly about it you do put on a bit of a exaggerated version of yourself Mm. like it is me but it's exaggerated because how I'm talking now Mm. but like how I'm talking off camera would be more relaxed Mm. because you're trying to engage people yeah I think part of that is also you're in general a private person that's true so I think also that relays on YouTube too you're open with a lot of things for example like your sisters are in your videos but then you keep a lot of like I think a lot of YouTubers keep the real life stuff to themselves and I think that's like a really important thing to remember your life like kind of looks perfect and then you realize and you meet a lot of people and you're like oh okay you've been through this or this is happening a lot of people don't put that online because it makes you very vulnerable doesn't it and it's also it's your private life it's like you're not going to want to tell thousands of strangers yeah if that makes sense I love it. And I think it's like really interesting actually to kind of draw attention to that is that social media, YouTube, all these platforms are like a lot of people just putting their like best lives on show. Yeah. They're really sharing the behind the scenes. And yeah, that exactly it is that highlight reel. And I think I definitely want to loop back around to that because I think there's some really important points that we want to discuss. But just kind of keep you on the topic of like growing YouTube and like starting off and creating some content. How do you really understand what your audience is engaging with so when you start posting do you look at comments do you look at views do you analyze what you've put out there and how it's been received so that then that influences your next videos I just want to understand how you both have consciously thought about the growth of your YouTube channels in the beginning I definitely had a pattern of what so for me my channel blew up one summer from my child versus teen I don't know if you've heard of that but it's basically a sort of comedy type skit video and my channel went crazy from that like that got me actually our hairstyles video as well yeah got we like both five kind of million did views. similar wow. 
videos yeah. at that time. I mean, that was a couple of years ago. Yeah, I that was a couple of years ago. But then I started to think, oh, if I do this video or this type of video, it got that engagement. So then I started repeating that and doing, I did a series of child versus teens and they all did consistently well. So then I think when you see that you've got a knack for something, then just keep doing it until, well, not keep doing it, but do it Don't and then change it. it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But seeing what people enjoy and what you have a knack for. I think good. now, because I used to look at views, I love looking at comments and all of that, but I think you can really get in your head about views and, oh, I thought this video would do really well and it didn't. And one of the main things with YouTube is it's so unpredictable, right? Like, I think I did like a workout video and it I thought it would get, you know, a few views and it ended up getting like 800k for literally, I had no no idea why. And then you'll, you'll film a video and you're like, okay, I reckon this will do well. Yeah. I spend so much time on it and it doesn't do as well as this video that you were like, okay, just randomly upload. So I think it's really hard hard like as soon as you think you understand YouTube and what works and what doesn't it turns on its head and it completely changes so I think the main thing is not to get too wrapped up on like oh this video does really well on this person's channel so I'm gonna film loads of these and try Mm -hmm. get popular from that because a lot of the time people kind of see through it and And that can be really draining and it can really affect your mental health as well if Mm. you're looking at numbers, especially followers and views as well. Like If you keep comparing yourself to your last video, you're going to feel crap about yourself because you're like, oh, I didn't get more views than last. Like, mm. I've just stopped caring and just try, I could always try and go back to the fact that I started it because I love creating videos. Yeah, that's kind of the point where I'm at now yeah. is I, for a while, I was like, oh, I don't want to upload this because I don't think people will like that. Oh, I don't know what to upload. And I would go for like, a week doesn't sound that long, but bearing in mind, I would try to upload two times a week and I'd go maybe a week and a half without uploading. And then I'd be like, oh gosh, I don't know what to upload now because I don't want it to do badly. And I'd spend more time worrying about what to upload and whether it would do well than actually just uploading and people enjoying my content and I enjoy the process of filming and editing and all of that stuff like I love that stuff and I was losing out on it because I was too in my head about it if that makes sense yeah and it's super super wise and I think so many people relate to this even if they don't have YouTube videos because we see it a lot with social media right yeah people are scared to post. So this is why Instagram have taken off the likes in some countries because it was stopping people posting or people were posting and taking things down because it wasn't engaging. And that really is spoiling what this whole platform is around. Yeah, it's around the, and it's also around the creation. And like you said, sometimes things are going to do better than you expected and some things are not going to do as well, but it's kind of losing that emotional attachment to it. And one thing I'm seeing come through from both of you guys is consistency has probably been the key. Being like, okay, well, we don't always know which ones are going to be we can definitely lean into and have an educated guess on what our audience is liking and double down on that and do a couple more in that style but sometimes like you say if you're not trying these new things you're not willing to put yourself out there you don't know when you're going to hit that viral jackpot and you're going to have that like if you hadn't tried it and then that fitness one you wouldn't necessarily have had those key videos which have probably really helped your following grow too yeah I think what's really important to remember is your views or your likes on Instagram, and this goes to anyone, whether you're like a YouTuber or anything, is it's not a reflection of you as a person. It doesn't make you any, and it's really easy to get wrapped up in, oh no, this person's doing better than me, or this person's got more followers. It doesn't change who you are as a person. You're still just as like generous and intelligent and all of this stuff, regardless of how many views you get on a video and I think that's really really important to remember because it doesn't reflect on who you are as like an individual human being 
Yeah, it really does. Let's kind of like start looping back around onto that because we discussed actually before we came on air about, you know, the mental health side of, you know, putting yourself out there and being a personality almost. Do either of you guys want to share a little bit more about like how you have coped with that and like how maybe achieving fame as such, you are really well known, both of you. And like, how has that impacted you in how you've shown up and your relationships and what's going on behind the scenes? So for me, I think the main thing that got me through pretty much everything from being like 13 upwards was definitely counselling. I mean, I know that's like a deeper surface thing than just, oh, I talk to my friends and stuff. But that really, really helped me, especially because I was dealing with stuff in my personal life. And then I had the whole... YouTube thing and the bullies at school and people online being bullies so it was a lot to deal with because for me my home life was horrible so then I went to school and people made fun of me and then I go online and people made fun of me but then when there's the pressure coming from people online as well sometimes it can be not an escape. YouTube is I mean it's we're so blessed and I count my blessings every day that I can currently call this my job but it Mm -hmm. is a lot of pressure and especially like on your mental health it is a lot of comparing the whole time yourself and others and kind of putting yourself down so I think like it's really important like Evie said like it's okay to reach out for help and for things like counseling really helps a yeah. lot of people and I think there's definitely a stigma around counseling because when I first thought about counseling I was like oh no like that's going to be really awkward it's going to be really want to talk to a random person but once you get into it it's just the best thing you can ever do and I think because everyone's problems are relative like even if you've just fallen out with your friend that could be the worst thing that you've ever been through so if you feel like you need somebody to talk to there's school counsellors there's just so many people that to listen and if you have got a YouTube channel and that's your biggest stress at the moment because you're getting maybe some negative feedback I actually think it's really really important and I think you know all of us are from the UK and we have listeners all over the world but yeah I can only speak from my own experience within the UK as well that actually mental health is not a topic that we openly talk about that much and I certainly know that when I was 13, 14, 15 and those teenage years seeing a counsellor was never even mentioned around anything like it just was not something that came up very naturally in conversation you know actually when I was 13, 14 YouTube didn't even exist and I think we just discovered like MSM chat or whatever that was probably a thing that was like kicking off when I was that age but you know as we're evolving and have smartphones and everyone is contactable my understanding of when I talk to my younger family members or friends is that we really need to be looking after our mental health much much earlier and talking about it with younger people and older people and saying that actually it's okay if you're not feeling great all the time and there's people to talk to like I have a counselor or therapist or whatever you want like in entrepreneurial world there's always like yeah. you know when you're trying to up level to the next step you want to be growing businesses you want to be leading more people you want to be showing up in different areas like you have to break down some of those kind of challenges that you might face internally and I think it's just really important that anyone that wants to be growing and evolving recognizes that you can grow and evolve on the outside but unless you're doing it on the inside it's all kind of kind of come down at some point and it is like the whole learning curve for me so I feel really pleased that you both shared that because I think it is an important topic when we are discussing you know things around putting your stuff out there. I think also with counselling it's one of those things for me especially I've always been like I don't need that I've not been through a huge trauma that I feel like I'm wasting someone's time and it's kind of like 
selfish or something to go. Whereas actually counselling, I think, is something that should be advocated for everyone because I think having a dedicated person just to talk to about it could literally be the tiniest thing or something playing on your mind is so important and it's so healthy to like communicate that and I think it's one of those things that you shouldn't feel like oh I'm not it's a waste of time for the person because it's not a big enough issue yeah and I guess that goes back to when I was saying how pain is relative so for somebody that is the worst thing they've ever had to go through so they don't know any pain so like for me when I lost my mum like I'm not expecting someone who hasn't lost their mum to know what that feels like because it's different so for me that's the worst pain I felt but then for somebody they could have lost their cat yeah or broken up with their boyfriend and that's the worst pain they felt so they feel like they need counselling for that Mm -hmm. even though it's different and I would say oh that's not as bad they don't know anything different I think a way to explain it is for example say someone broke their toe and someone else what's worse than breaking your toe have had a huge operation like break your arm and break your finger that's what I always say okay yeah (laughs) for both people that is the worst pain they've ever felt so in their head it's the same pain because for both of their bodies that's the most intense pain they felt and I think it's really important not to feel like your problems are less than someone else because they've been through something more I don't know traumatic pain is relative it's just really important and again just you know wise words ladies I love this (laughs) I think it's just shining the light and I haven't been through anything like you've been through it Evie on that regard but I know what you're saying and I think like whatever you need to talk to somebody about like you say it's relative to you and it's really important to have those conversations and I personally feel like one of the best investments I made like we invest in like mentorship and coaching but one of my best investments over the last year has been counsellor slash therapist like I work with someone who specifically works with entrepreneurs and I think you need to just take an ownership of your own mental health is really important everyone has a decision pain is relative yes but I also think like how you show up and confront that pain is also can be very individual and some people can kind of really let it see them away or some people can decide to confront it head on and go hey I want to feel differently about this and I'm determined to feel differently about this and therefore I want to surround people who can help me like it's not an easy journey but I want to make that decision to to feel a different way so mental health is never an easy topic yeah Yeah. but it's important I think for me I've always also been like it's a lot of money and I don't know that's always kind of played on my mind more than investing in like a pair of jeans it's so important to invest in your mental health and that money is going into investing in yourself rather than just like a new pair of shoes so I think yeah I read somewhere I really liked it it was saying how we brush our teeth we brush our hair every day we look after our outer appearance health yeah appearance but we don't have any regular thing well I mean some people do like meditation and everything yeah. but we don't like from school we're not taught to meditate and yeah and regularly check on yourself yeah it's so true I actually every single day I have like a little checklist of things that I do so I'll always make sure really? I meditate yeah, so I'll start every day with meditation, um, just 15 minutes, just to really ground myself and me. And then I also, I have alarms on my phone. So I have an alarm that goes off twice, which is breathe. And because what I found was sometimes when I'm like doing loads of stuff and it sounds like silly, but I actually forget to consciously breathe. I do a box breathing exercise. So you breathe in for five and then you hold your breath for five. 
and then you breathe out for five and hold your breath out for five. And like just really what happens is when you do that, it actually slows your heart rate down as well. Oh, really? Yeah. So if you're in like an anxiety, I actually have a Garmin watch which tells me my stress levels, my heart rate. And I literally through the box breathing, you can literally watch it slow. And so I would definitely say that for anybody, like just taking these times throughout the day just to really ground in yourself is so, yeah, so yeah. important. What was the watch called? That sounds really good. It's a Garmin. I think it's called the the Vivo HR, I think it's called. Okay. Ooh, we're going to have to have a look. Yeah, <laughs> have a little look. It wasn't even super expensive. It yeah. was just, and I obviously I utilize it to if I'm like going running and stuff, but I wear it in the day and I'm like, oh, what's my stress level? <laughs> that's so cool. I think life is so fast paced. And I think that's so true for me, especially past few weeks have literally flown by. And you know, when you mean to like go to the gym, eat healthy, meet some friends and making sure you get out of the house, all of that. And you kind of forget to do a lot of that because life just goes so quick. So you're right. It's so important just to actually be like, take a minute, breathe. And that's why I think meditation, like I need to start meditation. Yeah. And I think a similar thing to, it's not the same as the watch, but there are loads of apps like Calm and everything that I do use. I use it mainly because I can't sleep very well. During the day, you can have calm stuff. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how to describe it. It's just calming. Evie, we're going to be doing a podcast on sleep, actually. So a bit of a biohacking one. So yeah, you'll have to stay tuned because we can definitely hack your sleep. (laughs) I mean, we don't sleep very well either. Evie gets so annoyed when she stays at mine because I can't sleep in silence because my brain just goes into absolute overdrive. Like she talks. (laughs) No, I have to, I have to like drown out my brain through listening to like sleep meditation and stuff because I feel like when the room's silence, my brain just goes like yeah crazy (laughs) yeah I'll tag you in the episode when it comes out (laughs) you'd both need it (laughs) so I want to bring it back around to the YouTube and obviously like growing that a little bit more and I want to talk about working with brands because obviously you guys started YouTube as just something of like a creative outlet I've already spoken to make friendships build a community but you've actually both turned it into businesses and you work with brands and I want you to tell me like how you show up for them and what relationship is working with various different companies and sponsorships and how you get their sponsorship and how you nurture it too? First off, I think I got brand sponsorships through putting my email in my YouTube. Yeah. So then brands would like email me, but they weren't very good brands at the time. So I didn't really do many back then. But then we signed with Gleam and we get most of our brand and work through Gleam because they deal with all of that and they have really good connections and yeah. everything. I've talked to a lot of people without managements because obviously having a management makes it easier because you have to do the contracts and you have to basically haggle a little bit. I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, yeah. it's like very back and forth and we're quite lucky because I know some people don't choose not to have a management but for us it makes life a lot easier yeah especially when you can build relationships directly with the brands through it but I think a lot of people I know have I mean you get a lot of spam emails every day but some of the emails are worth following up so I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people that aren't with managements they follow up on those emails and they do it for themselves but for us we joined Gleam at 16 I think so that was two Mm -hmm. years ago Are you quite picky about who you work with? Because I think this is one interesting thing about the influencer space. Back in the day, people would just do ads for anybody. But I feel like now there's more like, okay, actually, I really don't agree with that brand's values and I don't want to represent them versus like, you know, I'm obsessed and I genuinely love this brand. I really want to partner with them because I'm going to talk about them anyway and I really want to capitalize on that. So like, where do you sit? Like, do you have a moral compass on that? Do you turn brands down if they don't feel aligned with you? 
Yeah, I was definitely, I was about to talk about that. We definitely turned down a lot of brand deals because actually we did have a few brands about health rage stuff that we didn't want to, didn't (laughs) want to promote, but also just stuff that we felt wasn't organic because it's so important for me. I only like to promote stuff that I would promote without being paid. If that makes sense, I would just promote anyway. Also because your audience won't your trust audience you. Know post, you. Yeah, and they yeah. won't trust if you start promoting random stuff. And I think your audience and how they trust you is more important than like a bit of money. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think we've had like a couple, I don't know, like kind of diet, you know, those like teas, all of that stuff, which we do not agree with no. at all. No chance. And Verity knows our manager. She's like, guys, I know you probably won't want to do this, yeah. but just checking. Just in case. <laughs> and we're like, no, 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 no. But I think those especially, I mean, I'm so passionate about how much I hate those fit tea, yeah. all of that stuff. But for us, like that's obviously like a no-go because no amount of money will kind of reverse what the people who are actually seeing the ads like you actually have to think when something comes in you have to think how your audience will react with the brand and our audience are young as well so it's almost we have a responsibility to choose carefully what we promote yeah yeah it's very easy and you kind of see a lot of people just you know any as they get in you can tell they'll just do anything and it's it's super easy just to say yes because you're like money and you know you don't know everyone in your audience and a lot of people will just be like okay great quick money but it's a lot more than that yeah so true and I want to just double down on a couple of these kind of like technical sides of YouTube as well so if you were working with a brand and you might there might be like right or wrong answers to this or answers that you feel like are gonna depend on the person but how often do you do like a sponsored one you both are putting out how many videos you put out a week is it just one a week or more than that a while ago I did two a week like but now I'm not really posting at the moment so much I'm just taking a little break but usually I would post twice a week yeah and I'm getting back to twice a week but the videos that would be ads would be barely any I I really don't like doing ads on my YouTube because it's not my fave but I think I mean and for Evie like we don't do I mean a lot of YouTubers will do an ad every other post and for me I think I had maybe four, five months with no ads at all. And then it just so happens that three brands that I really love and really wanted to work with all came in at the same time and wanted like a similar upload time because you could have ads come in like months apart and then it happens that the end date is within the same two weeks and it's frustrating because people then suddenly are like you do so many ads oh my gosh sell out (laughs) I don't know if that's the right word yeah it's hard because you only choose the ones that fit your channel so I've had um, that where I've had two videos in a row that have been ad just coincidentally because you do pre-film them because you have to send them off to get them checked yeah I mean the whole process can literally from the first email to the final one can take like months Months. yeah (laughs) same (laughs) (laughs) I love that and so what is the future do you feel for content creation on either YouTube or Instagram or even like TikTok are you guys using TikTok yeah we've actually become obsessed with it and at I, first I was a bit skeptical because yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a bit weird <laughs> but I actually love it oh uh, you have no idea say Twitter or Facebook and you look through videos and then you realize it's been two hours that's me with TikTok no, and I was like at the start I don't really get it I'm not gonna use it no and then now I'm so obsessed with it I'm actually ashamed of myself for how yeah. much I love it I think it's weird because we definitely started off on YouTube but now I mean I still love YouTube I watch YouTube the whole time but a lot of people are saying that videos are sort of moving away from YouTube and onto other platforms like Instagram they've had they've added Instagram TV and there's TikTok and yeah. 
so many different ways of putting your videos out there. So if you don't feel like YouTube fits for you or you have an, like a little Instagram following already, I think there's no harm in just sticking to Instagram yeah. or another platform. I mean, for any of you guys that maybe want to start on a social media like platform and you don't know what to start on, I feel like TikTok is actually a really good place to start on because I mean there's like millions of people on TikTok at the moment it's like a huge thing and you can build your audience there and if you actually want to maybe do YouTube or something you can kind of take that audience from your TikTok over to what other social media channels and on TikTok it's really easy to go viral yeah yeah it's easier to get your name out there yeah yeah definitely because some people have one video and they've blown up and got Millions of views. Yeah. And do you like repurpose your content across lots of different social media platforms or do you tend to like create brand new content for each? I usually do different content just because for me, YouTube's a different format. So it's landscape, but Instagram's portrait. So it is harder, but I guess it wouldn't harm... I mean, I do have a bit of overlap in my followers, so I don't know if yeah, you watch that's it what twice. I think. They don't but I quite like having YouTube for longer format stuff and then Instagram for short. Yeah, you don't do very much stuff. like IGTV and stuff. To be fair, I haven't uploaded. I used to do one like loads and now I haven't yeah. for ages. What a shame. I tried TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, I need to look at TikTok, but I really haven't been on it. So you've uh, inspired me to explore it more. It sounds like an ad for them. It's really not. But you can have like, there's dog videos because it's kind of like Facebook. Oh you God. know the things you interact with. It shows you more of the videos that you like. I'm like, honestly, I'm a dog. What's the word? I just Fanatic. love, <laughs> love dogs. So my whole feed is literally just cute puppies. And that makes me so happy. First thing in the morning, a little puppy. If you're into like travel or something, then yeah. it will all just be called travel videos. It's not just lip syncing anymore. Okay, it really sounds like an it ad. It really sounds like an <laughs> it's ad. Not. We'll get TikTok to sponsor this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So what's next for you guys? Like, I just want to hear from each of you. Like, what does the future hold for Olivia? Because we actually do have, we have stuff we're working on yeah. together. We can't Project. say just yet. But I guess if you guys check out our Instagram, my Instagram is Love Evie, so it's L-O-V-E-V-I-E. Mine's Olivia Grace Herring. I thought so. you were about to spell it all. Like no. <laughs> no, or Olivia Grace on YouTube. But you have oh, yeah. to stay tuned because we've been working on something fun for, I mean, it feels like forever now. We just yeah, wanna... it's going to be coming soon though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hate when people do that. I I'm like, just tell me. But yeah, stay tuned the suspense we'll make sure that we put your handles and when we share these on instagram and if anyone has listened and loved this please tag us all please like us <laughs> well no honestly this has been such an amazing episode girls our audience i mean all boss babes are absolutely incredible but we get so much engagement from these podcasts and like we always really try and make them you know things that you can listen to and have actionable takeaways and you've certainly delivered that I know there's gonna be so many people who are inspired to start YouTube or TikTok now (laughs) oh my god please tell us though if you had tips from this or anything or like making YouTube you have to like DM us oh wow that made me feel so good (laughs) (laughs) you'll get loads trust me well thank you so much guys an absolute pleasure and look forward to engaging with you too thank you you're welcome If you loved this episode, please subscribe, download a few more and please leave us a review. I really want to hear what you enjoyed, what your main takeaways were and I also want to know what you want to hear us talk about next. 
to say thanks for leaving us a review, we'll send you a copy of The Boss Babe 25. The Boss Babe 25 is the 25 essential resources you need for personal and professional growth. It covers everything from our favorite rituals, books, and hacks. If you want a copy, just leave us a review, screenshot it, and send to podcast at bosswave.com. We will then email you a copy ASAP. And since we love Instagram, you can go to the hashtag The Boss Babe Podcast and find our latest post and leave a question in the comments. We love reading through the comments and we'll make sure to answer it on our next podcast. 